Would you tell somebody next to you, well, well, sometimes we forget of the blessings that are clearly right under our noses, right? We take for granted the things that really we ought to be thankful for because we have a sense of entitlement. I'm owed. But the reality is we're owed nothing. But yet God blesses us with everything. Let me say that again. We're owed nothing, yet God blesses us with everything. The Bible says in Second Peter 1.3, He's blessed us with everything that pertains to life and godliness. Then the Bible reveals in Ephesians 1.3, Blessed be the Lord of our, blessed be the Lord, the Father of our Lord Jesus Christ, who has blessed us with every spiritual blessing in Christ Jesus. We're blessed with everything. So are there any grateful people in the house today? All right. Now, my wife got bold with you today. She told you her age. So I might as well tell you my age. It's called none of your business. Okay, no, no. But I was thinking, man, she said she, she's got 19,000 something reasons to give God thanks for because he's been merciful. And I thought, well, I'm a little older than her, so I think I'm part of the 20,000 club. Why y'all laughing? Come on. You, you, some of you are there with me. Some of you are even. <laughs> and I love what she said that the word, the, the words, uh, both for uh, mercies and compassion, they are new. It, it speaks of brand new. And, and if you've ever bought a brand new car, you know that that car begins to depreciate the moment you leave the lot. But here's the good news. That God is so powerful, so mighty, He can make something brand new every day. Uh, that, that just blew me away when I thought about that. That with God, His mercies never depreciate. They are new every morning. So we are continuing our series on exercising an attitude of gratitude. Now in the past, I've spoken of what I call the Eeyore Syndrome. <laughs> Uh, these are Christians who walk around acting like Eeyore from Winnie the Pooh. They choose to look at the gloomy side of life. Their eyes are cast down. Their countenance is cheerless. And they have no enthusiasm or anticipation for life. They're Eeyores. But let me let you in on something. Joyful people cannot have the Eeyore syndrome. Y'all acting just like Cutler. That, I mean, when you're quiet like that, it means some of you have the Eeyore. But we're going to drive that out of you today. Because you see, the Eeyore syndrome is not a fruit of the Spirit. The Eeyore syndrome is not a realistic view of life nor faith-filled. Now, there are some of you that would say, but pastor, you don't know my personality. I am melancholy or I am choleric. I'm not sanguine. Is that the way they say it? Or sangron or sanguine? I don't know. I'm not cheerful. I'm not optimistic. Okay. I'm, e I'm melancholy. I, I am choleric. But let me tell you something. When God wrote the Bible or inspired the authors of the Bible to write it, He didn't say, look, I'm going to inspire 
these, this group of apostles and to write a Bible for, uh, the, uh, sanguines or the, the, the sangrones. No, or, or, and I'm, I'm gonna write, th- th- this group over here is gonna write for the cholerics. No. When the Bible says, rejoice in the Lord always, and again I say rejoice, that's not for the happy people in the body of Christ. It's also for the sad people in the body of Christ who by temperament, they're more pessimistic because God hasn't left you and I to be bound to the limitations of our temperament or personality. He has sent help from heaven in the Holy Spirit and the fruit of the Spirit is joy. Ah. Now, William Ward writes about discouragement and he writes these words about discouragement that can apply to the Eeyore syndrome. He says, discouragement is dissatisfaction with the past, distaste for the present, and distrust of the future. It is ingratitude for the blessings of yesterday indifference to the opportunities of today and insecurity regarding strength for tomorrow. It is unawareness of the presence of beauty, unconcern for the needs of our fellow man, and unbelief in the promises of old. It is impatience with time, immaturity of thought, and impoliteness to God. Notice that right in the middle of what he describes as discouragement's fruit or root, I should say, he notes it is ingratitude for the blessings of yesterday. It is important that before I get into the, uh, the subject of gratitude and exercising an attitude of gratitude, that I bring to your attention why it is important that we deal with ingratitude. Should it be a prevailing attitude or characteristic in our lives? The Bible reveals that ingratitude is one of the traits that will characterize the last days. Ingratitude, according to the Bible, is one of the characteristics that will be prevalent in the last days. In 2 Timothy chapter 1, or chapter 3, verses 1 through 5. 2 Timothy 3, 1 through 5, it reads, But know this, that in the last days, perilous or ferocious times will come. For men will be lovers of themselves, lovers of money. Boasters, proud, blasphemers, disobedient to parents, and what? Unthankful, unholy, unloving, unforgiving, slanders without self-control, brutal, despisers of good, traitors, headstrong, haughty, lovers of pleasure rather than lovers of God, having a form of godliness but denying its power, and from such people turn away. 
Now, when you look at this list, you, you, you will find that this list describes what you and I hear night after night spoken of in the news. People that possess these characteristics that speak of what will be prevalent in the last days. But notice before he gets, as he moves and transitions to the uns, he begins with the uns, with ungrateful, the unthankful, then comes unholy, unliving, unloving, unforgiving. I don't think that it is without intentionality that Paul mentions that in that, in that form, in that way. Because another thing about lack of gratitude is this. Lack of gratitude leads to spiritual decline. Lack of gratitude leads to spiritual decline. This same Paul that speaks of the fact and writes concerning the truth that in the last days, that lack of gratitude would be characteristics of men in the last days. He writes then in Romans 1.21, Because although they knew God, they did not glorify Him as God, nor were thankful, but became futile in their thoughts, and their foolish hearts were darkened. Notice how it reads in the Amplified. For even though they knew God as the Creator, they did not honor Him as God or give thanks for His wondrous creation. It says, on the contrary, they became worthless in their thinking, godless with pointless reasonings and silly speculations, and their foolish heart was darkened. Notice, they did not give Him thanks for His creation. And the result was their hearts became darkened. When you and I give room to ingratitude and it becomes a characteristic that dominates our lives, the fruit of that is that we grumble, that we gripe, that we complain because we fail to recognize that we are not entitled to anything. We are owed nothing. And yet God in His mercy has blessed us with everything that we need for life and godliness. And we take those blessings for granted. And when we fail to express continual thanksgiving, our hearts become clouded. Life begins to take on a, a, a view of, of gloominess. But I'm here to remind us that if there's anybody that should be happy, anybody that should be joyful, it should be the redeemed of the Lord. And the reason why some believers fall into a habit of being a complainer, a grumbler, and a gripe is because they become infected with spiritual amnesia. This is why the psalmist wrote in Psalm 103, 1-5, Bless the Lord, O my soul, and all that is within me. Bless His holy name. Verse 2, he said, Bless the Lord, O my soul, and forget not all His benefits, who forgives you of all your iniquities, who heals you of all your diseases, who redeemed your life from destruction, and crowns you with loving kindness and tender mercies, who satisfies your mouth with good things, so that your youth is renewed like the eagles. You see, when I take time to reflect, to review, and to repeat what God has done, 
done for me. I can't stay in the pit of despair. I can't stay in the slum of discouragement. Something inside of me is awakened. A gratitude that, wow, I was owed nothing by Creator God. And yet, every morning I get up, He kisses me with mercy that says today, forgiveness is yours. Hope is yours. Help is yours. Woo! Somebody said this, an ungrateful man is like a hog under a tree eating acorns, but never looking up to see where they come from. Now this morning I want to focus on a triple command that the Apostle Paul encourages us to exercise. It's found in 1 Thessalonians chapter 5, verses 16 through 18. He writes, Rejoice when? Always. Pray without what? In everything give thanks, for this is the will of God in Christ Jesus for you. Here's the good news. You and I don't have to wonder What's God's will for my life? Isn't it clear as day, fundamentally, that the will of God for my life is that I live a life of thanksgiving? It says it there as clear as day. In everything give thanks for this is what? Giving thanks. This is what? Giving thanks. This is the will of God in Christ Jesus for you. Now, I said there's a triple command here. Rejoice, it says. Always, and then pray without ceasing. And then he closes the triple command with giving thanks. But I want you to notice something. I want to I connect it for you. That, 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 that in giving thanks, something supernatural happens. When you and I live on, in an attitude of gratitude, and we exercise an attitude of gratitude, something supernatural happens according to this passage. First, gratitude impacts attitude. Gratitude impacts attitude. Because when you look at the command, what's the first command? Rejoice when? Always. And someone would say, Pastor, wait, 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 Pastor. I'm again, I'm melancholy. I'm choleric. How can I rejoice always when I'm not always feeling happy or joyful? How, how, Pastor? That's not my temperament. That's not how I'm wired. Here's what Paul says. If you're struggling to rejoice always, start practicing giving thanks always. <laughs> Dennis Prager, author of the shrewd and perceptive book, Happiness is a Serious Problem. He writes the following. He states, there is a secret to happiness, and it is gratitude. Watch this. All happy people are grateful, and ungrateful people cannot be happy. We tend to think That it is being unhappy that leads people to complain. But it is truer to say that it is complaining that leads to people to becoming unhappy. Become grateful and you will become a much happier person. Thank you, Dennis Prager. But before Dennis Prager was, 
there was an inspired writer of the Bible called the Apostle Paul. And he said, rejoice always. And Christians said, how? He said, in everything, give thanks. Now, can I tell you one of my pet peeves? Even if you say no, I'm still going to tell you anyways. Have you ever, like me, for example, Sequoia Mall in Visalia. I go through the J.C. Penney side. I see a lady coming behind me. Being the gentleman that I am, I open the door. And I allow her in. She doesn't recognize the expression of favor and kindness. She just walks by. Goes right on in. Acts like if I owed her. Like Pastor Mario does. <laughs> I want to go up. Or, and my wife, my poor wife, when we're on the road. And, 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 and I allow, I allow, I allow out of the goodness of my heart a pedestrian who's not in the crosswalk, by the way. But who wants to cross, I allow them to walk through. And they don't even do this. They just. <laughs> like if I owed them. Someone's behind me. Rushing. And I go to the slow lane. Voluntarily. Willingly. Out of the kindness and goodness in my heart. Person passes me, doesn't say thank you. Just those are pet peeves because I'm like, do you not recognize that someone just extended kindness, courteousness to you? They were courteous to you, and yet you do not acknowledge it. Some of you are like, man, pastor has issues. <laughs> so do you. We're in the right family. (laughs) But here's what I'm getting at. Gratitude is to be impact our attitude. But the reason why that many times we have an attitude that is, that lends to pessimism, that lends to a sense of entitlement is that we forget the fact that the God who owes us nothing has blessed us with everything. James 1.17, every good and perfect gift comes down, present participle, is coming down from the Father of lights in whom there is no variation, neither shadow of turning. I want you to know that God is more than Santa Claus. God doesn't just bless you on the 25th of December. He blesses you 365 days out of the year, and He is worthy. To be praised. And then gratitude inspires rectitude. Gratitude inspires rectitude. Some of you are like, can you break that down, Pastor? Rectitude. What's that about? That's what we're here for. Rectitude, watch, refers to behavior. That is correct, 
upright and honorable. Behavior that is correct, upright, and honorable. So how does gratitude impact rectitude? Paul says it. He commands the second command. Remember, pray how? Without ceasing. Well, then how can I engage in that behavior called prayer that is correct, that is upright and honorable? Paul tells us how. In everything, give thanks. Some of us are saying, Pastor, but you don't know. It's hard for me to pray. It's a struggle for me to pray. I don't know what to say. Well, let me help you today. Because here's what I've learned about praying with thanksgiving. Praying with thanksgiving will increase your faith. In Philippians chapter 4, verses 6 and 7 in the New Living, it says, don't worry about anything. Instead, pray about everything. Tell God what you need and thank Him for what? For all He has done. Then you will experience God's peace, which exceeds anything we can understand. His peace will guard your hearts and minds as you live in Christ Jesus. Notice, thank Him for all He has done. I want to know, has God done anything for you? Has God forgiven you? Has God ever healed your body? Has God ever delivered you from trouble? Has God ever helped you come through a problem that there was no way in your natural reasoning and understanding that you could figure your way out of it. Has God ever done something for you that you recognize today? If it wasn't for God on my side, I wouldn't even be here today. Listen, if you and I, if you and I would begin the practice of writing out, of reviewing, uh, 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 of, of, of repeating what God has already done for us, it will inspire faith in our prayer lives. Instead of bringing my Christmas list, instead of bringing my laundry list before the Lord, instead of bringing my shopping list, why don't I start my prayer by reviewing what God has already done for me? You see, when I begin to thank Him for what He has done. Lord, I thank You that You delivered me from habits and hurts that I could never deliver myself from. Lord, I thank You that on this day when I was sick in the hospital and I didn't think there was no way out, I cried out to You and I sent Your presence envelop me and my condition started to change. God, I thank You that You came and You delivered this person that I was crying out for. Lord, I thank You that when I was deep in the pit of despair and I didn't think I was going to be able to see the light of the coming day you heard my cry and no longer am I bound by depression anxiety and panic attacks I'm free today because of you you see when you and I begin to practice that what happens what happens the Bible says what happens faith comes by hearing and hearing by the word of God and instead of coming into his presence not knowing what to say All of a sudden I realize I've got a lot to say. And as I begin to repeat what he's already done for me, what happens? Faith begins to rise in my heart to such degree that now I look at my list and say, if he did this for me, I know without a doubt he can do this.
Look at how the Passion Translation reads. Uh, Philippians 4, 6, 7. Don't be pulled in different directions or worried about a thing, but be saturated in prayer throughout each day. How? Offering your faith-filled requests before God. How? With overflowing gratitude. How does my request become faith-filled? As I express overflowing gratitude. Now, some people think, though, that being thankful all the time is like going around with a goofy smile on your face all the time and being insensitive to other people's feelings. Some think it means to always be happy. But listen, we can be grateful, thankful, without being irrationally happy in bad times. In the teenage movie where Winona Ryder came to prominence titled Heathers, her character says, if you were happy every day of your life, you wouldn't be a human being. You would be a game show host. How true it is. But nevertheless, the Bible teaches that Thanksgiving is intended to be a lifestyle rather than a mere holiday or something that we do on Sunday. In Ephesians 5.20 and the Amplified, it says, Always giving thanks to God the Father for all things in the name of our Lord Jesus Christ. But let me remind you, when it says for, it uses this word hooper, H-U-P-E-R, which can also mean beyond or above. So we give God thanks beyond and above everything. Because I want you to understand, there are some that uh, teach God wants you to thank Him for Everything, including that flat tire you got on the road, including your sickness in your body. And I'm like, well, if he came to heal me, why does he want me to thank him for something he came to deliver me from? Oh, it's getting quiet here, but I don't thank God for other people's messes. Well, you ought to thank him for everything. No. You know what I thank him for? I thank you, Lord. That in spite of this mess, you're still God. I thank Him above it. I don't thank Him for the sickness. I thank Him, Lord, in spite of this sickness, I give you thanks. Because you're still deliverer. You're still healer. You're still the rock of my salvation. You're still my shepherd. You're still my help. Are you getting it? You see, what I'm saying is, so many times we think, we got to thank Him for everything in life. No, what Paul is saying, that as believers, we can give God thanks above and beyond whatever happens in our lives. I don't like everything that happens in my life, but I can still praise the Lord at all times when my focus is that in spite of what's happening in my life, He's the Lord and He does not change. He still remains a wise one. He still remains remains a powerful one. He still remains a strong one. He still remains sufficiency. He still remains my strength. He still remains my hope. He still remains my help. Woo! (laughs) 
Some of you are still like, but pastor, I don't know what I can give God thanks for. You don't know what I'm going through right now. There's a story that inspired me that I want to share with you that can help you and I realize that we always have something to thank God for. After one of the terrible battles of the Civil War, a dying Confederate soldier asked to see the chaplain. When the chaplain arrived, he supposed that the young man would wish him to ask God for his recovery. But it was very different. First, the soldier asked him to cut off a lock of his hair for his mother. And then he asked him to kneel down and thank God. What for? asked the surprised chaplain. The soldier responded by saying, For giving me such a mother. Thank God that I am a Christian. And thank God for giving me grace to die with. And thank God for the home he has promised me over there. And so the chaplain knelt down by the dying man and in his prayer, he had not a single petition to offer, but only praise and gratitude. What do you have to thank God for today? The other day, a few weeks ago, a friend of mine asked me, how you doing? I said, I'm alive. And he thought I was depressed. In fact, his wife asked him, what's going on with Angel? He usually answers And so I had to explain. I didn't say this, but I wanted to. Dude, I'm alive. That's a good thing. I don't take it like, I'm just here. I'm like, I have another opportunity. God's been good to me. And so sometimes you'll hear me and you'll think, "What's, what's up with pastor? I'm alive. Celebrate with me. I'm alive. That's not a bad thing. If we think hard enough, we'll thank hard. As I've shared with you before, the root word for both think and thank is the same. Because the fact is, the more you and I think, the more we will thank. The more we review, we reflect on what the Lord has already done the more reasons we'll realize we have to give him thanks. In relation to gratitude, there are three types of people in the world. One, those who take God's blessing completely for granted. Two, those who are grateful for how God has blessed them. And three, those rare few who are grateful to God 
just because He is God. Where are you on the grateful scale? More and more, as I grow more mature, older, I realize stuff is nice, but it doesn't compare to the Savior. And when I compare what I can have here with what I will have there, I realize I don't need to come before Him with my shopping list, with my Christmas list. I need to practice more and more now what's going on up there. Revelation 4.11 You are worthy, O Lord and God, to receive glory and honor and power for you created all things and by your will they were created and have their being the older version says and for thy pleasure they were created Woo! when i think of the fact as the prophet zephaniah wrote the lord rejoices over you with singing the Lord rejoices over you with singing. I understand what it's saying. God created me because He has pleasure in having a relationship with me. And I think about, but what did I offer Him when I came to the cross? But nothing but sin. Nothing but sin. And yet, He washed my sins away because He longed for me to become His child. Because He longs to enjoy a pleasurable relationship with me. And now, I who was bound by sin, I who was bound by hurtful habits and hang-ups, I now, I'm adopted. I'm accepted. I'm redeemed. I am a child of God. I am forgiven. I am free. How much more thankful should I be? And when I come to Him, just say, Lord, you're worthy. Lord, just thank you that I'm alive today, free through you. Thank you for creating me and then redeeming me and making me your child. Thank you for singing over me. <laughs> with joy you rejoice over me with song and I rejoice in you because you are good you're good you're good I know with every head bowed and eye closed, I know today there's some of you that are still objecting, saying, but Pastor, you don't know what I'm battling with today. You don't know what I'm struggling with today.
My flesh is keeping me from experiencing breakthroughs that I want in my heart. How can I thank God? The Apostle Paul that encourages us in everything, give thanks. He struggled. And he then posed the question, who shall deliver me from this body of death? Then he answered it after he got the revelation. In Romans 7.25, I thank God through Jesus Christ, my Lord. You can be struggling today, but you can be thankful that there is deliverance through Jesus Christ today. Others of you that would say, Pastor, but I'm in a fight right now. I'm battling. I'm, in, I'm engaged in a warfare right now. And it's hard to be thankful. Ah, but Paul also writes in 1 Corinthians 15, 57, But thanks be to God who gives us the victory through our Lord Jesus Christ. I'm saying to you today, you're in the battle. You're in the a struggle. You are in the midst of a spiritual warfare. I'm saying to you, you can give God thanks because victory is assured you. Victory has already been won for you. There's some of you today that now you realize hmm, how you can jumpstart your prayer life through reviewing, through rehearsing what the Lord has already done for you. And then through repeating it in prayer, through thanksgiving. And as you allow your gratitude to overflow, then you will begin to offer faith-filled petitions. I'm going to ask our prayer warriors to make their way up here. And I'm going to invite those of you that would be honest enough to say, I need to give God thanks. Even though I'm in a struggle, even though I'm in a warfare, I realize I need to give Him thanks. Because through Him, I have the promise of victory. And I want to thank Him. You see, thanksgiving is the language of faith. Thanksgiving is the language of faith. And I'm telling you today, if you will come with a grateful heart and agree with thanksgiving, God will move. And the peace of God, Paul wrote, which passes all understanding, will guard your hearts and minds through Christ Jesus. I'm inviting you right now. You say, Pastor, I need God to help me. To live a life of gratitude. I realize this is the key for me to have the right attitude. It's the key for me to to, to experience the employing of the right behavior in my life that is correct, that is honorable, that is upright of prayer. You come, come, come. This is your moment. We want to agree with you in prayer right now. There's others of you, you may need healing in your body. We believe in healing here. 
We believe and we've seen God heal. God has healed. You need a healing in your body. You come as well. We will agree with you. There's power right now. There is power in the name of Jesus. There is power in the name of Jesus. And there's others of you that would say, you know what? I just need to get up there to give God my thanks. You come. You come and exercise a sacrifice of thankfulness. Because the Bible says he who offers a a thank offering prepares the way that I may show him the salvation of God. I'm telling you, you're giving God thanks for he is good and his mercy endureth forever will cause his presence to be manifested in your battlefield. Just like it happened in Second Chronicles chapter 20. The army of God went out with the singers in front and all the singers said was give thanks to the Lord for he is is good and his mercy endears forever and God showed up in power and routed and defeated their enemies I'm saying to you get your thanks on today give God thanks in this place think about what he's done for you don't just think about what you want from him but start thinking about what he's already done for you and give him thanks as you're giving him thanks you're preparing the way for him to show you mighty deliverance for him to show you how he is your rescuer Thank you.